sixth section of the aeroplane in war by claude graham white and harry harper this librivox recording is in the public domain war aeroplanes at the paris aeronautical exhibition december nineteen eleven one latest type military monoplanes two seated reconnoitering machines single seated high-speed aircraft at the paris aeroplane salon which marked the close of the aeronautical season of nineteen eleven a striking display of war machines was made the year as has been indicated was full of progress and the result of all the experience gained was clearly seen in the aircraft exhibited and particularly in the military monoplanes staged as a type the two-seated scouting machine capable of high-speed flight for several hours when carrying pilot and observer was most interestingly represented many difficulties had been overcome in connection with this machine primarily that of affording the observer a fairly unobstructed view of the land below in early type military monoplanes the spread of the wings had curtailed seriously the reconnoitering officer's scope of vision but in the monoplanes seen at the paris show the wings had been so set back and the observer's seat so arranged that it was possible for him to secure when in flight a thoroughly practical bird's-eye view of the country below him another problem solved was in regard to engine power in the first instance with fifty horsepower gnomes two-seated monoplanes had been under-engined and their flying capabilities had suffered in consequence but the machines built towards the end of nineteen eleven were equipped with seventy horsepower gnomes and in some instances with motors of a hundred horsepower the result was that a reserve of power was obtained to say nothing of a very desirable increase in speed as regards the landing chassis a somewhat weak point with early type two-seated monoplanes an improvement was observable in the machines constructed towards the close of the flying season of nineteen eleven not only had the landing gear been strengthened but in many cases simplified as well which meant a commendable lessening of head resistance when in rapid flight but in this regard military critics did not admit that they were altogether satisfied even by the machines seen at the paris show a stronger more rough-and-ready chassis is demanded but it must be remembered in fairness to existing military monoplanes that they succeeded in the french trials in landing upon and rising from ground which was fairly rough so far as personal comfort is concerned a point certainly worth consideration in long flights the latest type reconnoitering machine reveals interesting features pilot and observer are for example screened so far as is possible from the rush of wind their seats are comfortably placed map holder compass engine revolution indicator and other fitments are neatly arranged dual control has become almost a standard device thus enabling either occupant of the machine to take charge while in flight without change of seats of two-seated military monoplanes at the paris exhibition it is probable that the newport Bleriot, and der attracted most serious attention 
and genuine interest was also roused by the lonely prominence of one british exhibit that of the bristol passenger monoplane as definite evidence of the capabilities of this machine mr james valentine had a day or so prior to the exhibition piloted in a flight over paris a sister monoplane to that which was shown military authorities who visited the paris salon directed very serious attention to the single-seated high-speed war monoplanes which were on view here is to be found the emergence of a machine of a very definite and important type it was with great interest and some surprise during the progress of the french military trials in october nineteen eleven that those interested in airmanship read of the ordering by the french authorities of a large number of single-seated monoplanes the surprise it should be mentioned was occasioned by the fact that single-seated machines should have been purchased just at a time when passenger monoplanes were arousing most interest but the french military experts knew their own needs they had mapped out for the single-seated almost racing type machine an important field of activity in wartime they saw that under actual service conditions there would be definite demand for a scouting aeroplane which would make a very rapid general survey of the position of the enemy's troops in such a machine they decided speed would be the all-important requirement and seeing that the survey to be made would be comprehensive and not detailed it was reckoned that the pilot would be able to do all that was required thereby saving the carrying of a passenger and enabling greater pace to be obtained in several of the single-seated high-speed monoplanes as seen at the paris show it is possible to attain a flying rate of approximately eighty miles an hour in such a machine it is intended that the officer pilot should in wartime effect a swift dash over the enemy's lines and fly back without an instant's delay with whatever observations he has been able to make apart from being able to return very rapidly to headquarters the airman's high speed would of course be an appreciable factor in his favor when subjected to artillery fire such quick reconnoitering carried out by the pilot of a fast-flying monoplane will only be efficacious in detecting the movements of considerable bodies of troops for detailed reconnaissance without doubt the two-seated monoplane carrying its highly skilled observer will be relied upon as also will the weight-carrying biplane to which reference will be made in our next section it may now perhaps be permissible to summarize some of the advantages of the latest type military monoplanes primarily of course their value lies in their speed in wartime some reconnoitering flights will be more urgent than others but it may be taken for granted that in practically all circumstances the speedy completion of a reconnaissance will be greatly to be desired thus in the eyes of a commander-in-chief the fast-flying monoplane will find the highest possible favor a definite advantage of the monoplane speed will lie in its ability to fly in high gusty winds it will indeed require very adverse conditions to prevent the flight of a bold and expert airman piloting an eighty mile an hour machine this point naturally will have a special significance during the progress of an actual campaign in the forthcoming trials of military aeroplanes to be conducted by the war office 
it is certain that powerful two-seated monoplanes propelled by seventy and hundred horsepower engines will play an important part two latest developments in biplane construction the engine in front weight-carrying machine the varied experience of the year nineteen eleven so far as the use of military biplanes was concerned revealed very definite results at the paris aeroplane exhibition in december the influence of monoplane construction upon the design of many of the biplanes shown was marked clearly revealed for example was the comparatively new school initiated by the breguet in which the engine is fixed in the bow of the biplane as in monoplane practice and a form of body almost identical with that of a monoplane is adopted such machines seeing that they employ rear elevating planes as do monoplanes are biplanes only in the sense that they are fitted with two main planes set one above another as a matter of fact in regard to the breguet a notable representative of this type the description biplane is occasionally dropped and the machine called a double monoplane one of the practical advantages of the engine and front system is in regard to the possibility of a bad descent in the event of an abrupt dive to the ground with a machine of this construction the engine and strengthened forepart of the body take the brunt of the shock in machines where the power plant is fixed behind the main planes a danger has revealed itself of the motor being wrenched from its wooden bed and falling forward upon the pilot with disastrous results two notable exceptions to this new method of construction are those of henry and maurice farman they still maintain the system of placing engines behind the main planes and of setting pilots in front of them but the henry farman military biplane as seen at the end of nineteen eleven was a very different machine from that for example upon which louis paul Hahn made in his flight from london to manchester in april nineteen ten probably the most obvious of the new features introduced was that of placing both pilot and observer in seats set upon a wooden framework which projected in front of the main planes the object of this innovation was to provide a pilot or reconnoitering officer with the most unobstructed view possible of the ground below him the objection to the scheme was that the exposed position made it highly probable that the occupants of the machine would bear the full brunt of the impact in the case of a bad descent another feature of the henry farman military biplane which is under review was the staggering of the planes farman adopted the plan of setting his upper main plane appreciably in advance of the lower one the staggering of planes is seriously criticized by technical experts on many grounds but in this case farman seems to have decided upon the system in regard to his military machine in order to facilitate a descent on rough ground and also to assist the heavily laden aircraft in getting away from the ground and in climbing the biplane certainly performed meritoriously in the french military trials at first operating individually but now in partnership with his brother henry maurice farman constructed towards the end of nineteen eleven an interesting type of military biplane the maurice farman machine may be said to have come first into definite prominence when tabatian flew for more than eight hours in it in nineteen ten securing the michelin cup a large machine with extensions to its main planes capable of carrying a very heavy load and of remaining in the air for a long time but being an awkward craft in a high wind 
save for the most expert pilot in such terms one may describe the maurice farman what a skilled airman can do with such a big slow-flying machine has been shown by renault who piloted his maurice farman right round the one thousand thirty miles course of the circuit of europe but there were of course times when the monoplane flew in a wind which kept him in his shed it should be stated to the credit of the maurice farman that it achieved excellent results in the french trials reference has been made to the breguet this is a biplane of a most progressive type steel enters largely into its construction it has a tapering body with controlling planes at the tail such as the monoplane possesses and in addition it is equipped with two main supporting planes such as characterize the biplane these are fitted above and below the body of the machine constructionally its outstanding feature is its simplicity instead of a number of wooden supports between the main planes held in place by much wiring the breguet biplane dispenses with all save four struts and these are maintained in position by a minimum of wiring the result from the point of view of portability is that a great stride forward is effected the main planes of the machine which represent its bulky feature can be unshipped in a few minutes nor is this all by an ingenious system of hinging the main planes to the body of the biplane these planes may be turned back after they are unwired and folded beside the body of the machine a result is thus achieved which would not have been considered possible in the early stages of aeroplane construction when the planes are folded at the sides of the machine it can be made to move down a road like a motor-car with its engine running and its propeller drawing it forward the steering-wheel used when the machine is in flight is connected with a small front running-wheel when he is on the ground therefore the pilot sits in his driving-seat and controls his craft like a motorist such features as this commend themselves as may be imagined to military experts the breguet biplane possesses other original features also the main planes being constructed with thin metal ribs are flexible and this flexibility gives the machine stability when assailed by wind gusts there are several military types of the breguet biplane there is for example a machine built to carry a pilot and an observer and another type more powerful which raises a crew of three into the air the latter is called by its makers the cruiser biplane and it is interesting to describe how the crew is disposed upon it first comes the engineer his task is to attend to the motor he is given a seat right up in the bows of the machine and just behind the engine the idea of having a man to look after the engine is of course an excellent one he is able to nurse the motor give it every attention and detect at once whether it is developing any troubles behind the engineer in the long boat-shaped body of the biplane is seated the observer he is free from all duties save the carrying out of his observation work he has his maps and notebook shielded from the rush of wind in the body of the machine before him behind the reconnoitering officer comes the pilot of the machine with the controlling wheels placed in front of him his attention is devoted exclusively to steering and preserving the lateral stability of the biplane this division of duties upon an aeroplane is especially useful in military work and it will undoubtedly become more and more a feature of war aircraft a crew of three upon a reconnoitering machine represents an ideal distribution of duties an engineer to look after the motor when in flight will probably become more and more of a necessity 
as engines increase in power a machine with ample engine power is essential from the military point of view it not only means ability to withstand wind gusts but it spells also the power to rise swiftly this power of quick rising combined with high speed may frequently save an aeroplane from destruction when it is reconnoitring over a hostile force the ability to climb speedily is indeed insisted upon by those who frame the rules for military contests unknown to the crew of a war machine they may approach within range of a concealed battery in such a case a shell bursting near them will probably be their first indication of peril instantly the pilot will seek to put as great a distance as possible between himself and the battery and as he darts off he will climb as quickly as he can in such circumstances as these a quick handy machine would probably escape unscathed whereas a slow-moving craft might run grave risk of being hit in the matter of speed a machine like the breguet shows a very distinct improvement as compared with early type biplanes thirty-five miles an hour represented the speed of some of the first biplanes flown in france but this was increased before long to forty miles an hour then came specially built biplanes really racing craft which caused speeds to increase from forty to forty-five and fifty miles an hour now in reference to the breguet a speed of sixty miles an hour is attained in regard to the speed of biplanes when amply engined it may be mentioned that mr cody using a one hundred and twenty horsepower austrian demler motor has been credited with a pace of seventy miles an hour at farnborough concerning the development of big weight-carrying biplanes the french military authorities are now definitely credited with the intention of using such machines in wartime for destructive purposes no official announcement of policy in this connection has been made but the statement is current and finds general acceptance that in the case of a war with germany large biplanes would be used by france along the german frontier for the purpose of dropping bombs upon fortifications and frustrating any punitive flights of german airships in this direction and possibly also for transport purposes the future of the weight-carrying biplane seems certainly to lie those now available for military purposes are designed to possess a maximum of lifting power with reasonable speed and a large measure of portability they possess strong workmanlike features which specially suit them for rough service from the point of view of an observer in obtaining a maximum of unimpeded vision for his work the military biplane offers distinct advantages but the relative value of biplanes and monoplanes in wartime can only be established definitely by the carefully noted experiences of a campaign three healthy position of the french industry what england has lacked danger of neglecting home builders the competitive element in france so far as aeroplane construction is concerned has been fully aroused there is indeed every encouragement for a maker to invest his money in the production of a machine he knows that if he achieves a result that is satisfactory from the military point of view he will receive definite government support in the shape of an order for one or more machines this of course makes all the difference between development and stagnation from the point of view of the military authorities the encouragement of construction has another important effect also it directs building into the channel which they desire it to follow 
that is to say towards the steady improvement of machines suitable for purposes of war by this process of placing every facility in the way of her home manufacturers france ensures the maintenance of her lead so far as military aeroplanes are concerned the most talented men as designers and the most practical men as builders are always busy in france seeking to improve the machines which are at present in use an unfortunate position so far as england is concerned was revealed in connection with the preliminary announcement of the intention of the war office to hold a military aeroplane contest starved for lack of any official recognition or support representatives of the british industry pleaded for conditional orders for machines in the general advancement of the science and particularly so far as costly experiments with aeroplane engines are concerned government apathy in the past has brought about stagnation and the use on english flying grounds of foreign-built machines will this forthcoming season show a change it is sincerely to be hoped that it will france possesses the best machines to-day and she intends to have the best machines to-morrow she is in the best position also to profit by any revolutionary discovery as applied to aeroplaning should any such discovery be made the country which obtained first use of any revolutionary discovery would naturally be in a commanding position and if any such discovery is made there is little doubt but that it will be made in france this is what a country secures by a pioneer policy in any new science it obtains the best there is at the moment and practically ensures also obtaining the best that the future can bring forth the lack of anything like official encouragement has hitherto thrown a definite blight over aerial constructional work in this country clever engineers have interested themselves in the problems arising but experimental work in regard to aeroplaning is notoriously expensive with little scope for selling machines when they have built them british manufacturers have had no stimulus to compete with the makers in france of course there have been private orders for english builders but these have not been certain a series of definite orders from the government given just when the industry needed stimulating would have made all the difference with only one or two aeroplanes actually purchased a maker knows that certain of his expenses are covered at all events and when he has disposed of three of four machines even if his profit is small he is encouraged to embark upon fresh experiments this is how the manufacturers in france have gone from one triumph to another they have built and sold machines of a certain type and in the building of them they have learned a number of lessons and have seen where all sorts of improvements might be made then having transacted some genuine business and established a factory on a satisfactory basis they are ready and able to put to a practical test the ideas they have acquired in building their first machines this is how such world-famous bakers as Blériot and farman have been able to move forward what it means to a country to obtain a lead in such a new industry as that of building flying machines is shown now almost every day in regard to the demand which has sprung up for war aeroplanes many other governments are as has been indicated following the lead of france in obtaining air fleets and to make a beginning they have naturally been obliged to buy aeroplanes the problem has arisen therefore as to where they should purchase their first machines and they have found themselves forced to go to the french manufacturers simply because the french factories have been producing the best aeroplanes thus england germany russia italy spain and japan have been obliged to go to france 
to buy aeroplanes this has meant more money for experimental work in france therefore what other nations have been doing really has been to help france to increase her lead by giving her manufacturers the wherewithal to extend their researches thus it can be seen how important it is for a country like france to maintain her dominant position it is true that other nations having made initial purchases from the french aeroplane manufacturers will try to improve upon these machines themselves so as to avoid spending any more money out of their own country but in this their success is to a certain extent doubtful they may study french-built machines and may see where improvements are possible and they may seek to construct machines of their own but it must be remembered that france helped by the money which these other countries have spent with her is progressing rapidly all the while the other countries beginners in the construction of aeroplanes are sure to make slow progress but france with every facility to hand will go ahead quickly thus while other countries are seeking to improve upon the machines which they have bought in france it is probable that the french manufacturers will have gone ahead several stages further and will be able to maintain a commanding lead not only in the purchase of military machines but in regard to aeroplanes for private use france is reaping the reward of her go-ahead policy large numbers of french-built aeroplanes have been purchased by airmen in other countries the reason of course is not far to seek patriotism is one thing the obtaining of the best aeroplane another exceptionally large prizes have been offered for aeroplane contests and has been the desire of all competitors to secure either the fastest or the most reliable machine as the case may be therefore following the example of the military authorities the airmen of various countries have gone to france for their machines and have further swelled the resources of the french makers some englishmen of wealth and leisure have greatly to their credit supported and encouraged the home manufacturers in their struggle against the general apathy prevailing the effect of their action has been apparent in the production of more than one aeroplane which has indicated clearly that all the industry in this country requires is steady development along the right lines it is often said in england that we shall in regard to aeroplanes follow the policy which was adopted concerning the motor-car that is to say we shall allow the foreigner to do all the pioneer work and then step in and produce a perfected machine just as well as he can but aeroplanes are not in the same category as motor-cars besides it is not our business here to deal with the commercial aspects of the case we are not arguing the cause of the aeroplane from the point of view of trade the matter is one of national safety and this is the position it will probably be many years hence before any one will be able to say here is the perfected aeroplane now we can equip factories and standardize our output what will more likely eventuate as we have hinted is a gradually improving war aeroplane during the years that improvements are being sought in france and found we cannot afford to sit on the fence in the matter of some commercial development it might be possible to pursue a laggard policy while another go-ahead country was doing pioneer work but such a scheme is perilous in the extreme when a new and vitally important weapon of war is concerned this summer in the military trials british makers will have a chance unfortunately they have not much time in which to evolve the exceptionally efficient aeroplane which the tests demand in this regard without doubt they are greatly handicapped in a contest with french manufacturers who have all the experience of the nineteen eleven trials at Reims behind them and practically unlimited resources in the shape of smoothly working factories and financial strength in the matter of british engines 
there will certainly be insufficient time before the war office trials for any new motors of sufficient power to be built and tested satisfactorily this is particularly unfortunate as it will mean in all probability that british constructors will be obliged whether they like it or not to install machines with foreign motors six months is not long enough for the home aeroplane industry to lift itself from its slough of despond the government's tardy recognition of the value of military airmanship cannot cause an immediate making up of leeway as a matter of fact the industry in this country is bound to suffer from its past neglect for several years to come End of sixth section